So as a part of being an actor musician, you are also, you have to deal with uh, union stuff and union work. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like um, joining the union was, a, was like, it was, a, it was kind of a no-brainer at the time, you know, like I needed to join to be a part of this, like, you know, touring production that was, mm. you know, well-written and well-produced and, you know, it was like, okay, duh, you know, join, right. but like, but it puts you, put me into like a higher uh, competition bracket. You know what uh. I mean? Like everybody, like, like now equity has, like since the, the pandemic sort of made it, forced equity into like, if it wanted to survive as a union, they needed to open it up to anybody everybody. who would pay yeah. to get in it. But at that time, you needed to have uh, uh, worked in an equity theater for a certain number of weeks or uh, acquired a number of weeks working mm -hmm. for a you know a professional union theater in order to be eligible to join. You know what I mean? So it's like not everybody could do it. And I was making lots of work beforehand. You know, I wasn't getting paid much. Right. And that's part of the union is like they're they're saying like, "Oh, you're not going to you're not going to work for jobs that don't pay a a, a living salary wage, or yeah. yeah, wage, you know, just whatever and and that don't like offer you uh uh don't put into your retirement and don't put into your insurance." Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like th that's competitive, you know? It it's is. like um so like I was like I said I was making lot but I was teaching for my bread at the time, you know, until I joined the union. Um and then, like, coming off of it, like I said, I, I went to New York and, you know, like, realized just how competitive, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, it's life. It's it life. It's life or death for, for, you know, for many, many people who could, like, you know, could be teachers otherwise or could be, you know, make other decisions in their lives. So, um, so really, like, there are, there are much fewer opportunities as uh for, for me anyway as someone who's not like broadway you know right, what i yeah, mean yeah. like it's i i found my niche i guess you know where where i'm strongest at you know mm -hmm. what i mean and like you know to not go up against that the world of you know competition that is out there yes. for 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 like even regional theater gigs that's life or death too people are but you know like it's not fighting as a negative fighting but it's like it's, it's they're competing yeah yeah and, and they you know the acting world is like they're more supportive than they're not supportive yes. you know they're they're all there it's like i think it's it, it's a generous profession you know people who want to be happy and help people and make people happy you know what i mean so mm -hmm. it's i i do think they're just wonderful wonderful people not to mention super talented hustlers you know what i oh, mean yeah. um but like it, it's definitely harder to find work. Work meaning like a living wage right. through through theater. I could find a part in a play, you know, a good play, a wonderful piece of art. You know what I mean? And that's really what like led me to to form the band is because when I moved here, I kind of like was was coming for for that nephew and for my family that's here now. Mm. You know, like I left New York and I was like, okay, either I start like getting a job there like this was after that tour you know when i landed and i went into the, all the, the daily auditions and was like oh 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 now do i want to like start swimming like the rest of the new york actors that are like waiting tables and all of that stuff or do i want to like am i dedicated to this boy mm. you know and and dedicated to this family that i'm like sort of you know that i'm a, a growing part of you know with my partner 
And um, I just made a decision to like, okay, I'll streamline. I'll go into New York for for auditions for targeted jobs. We're only two hours and 30 minutes away yeah, on a good day, yeah. you know? And, and even during the pandemic, it was like, you, a lot of stuff has gone to video. So like right. there are video submissions. And then if you get the call back, you might go to the call back in person, you know? But um, the the idea, the feather burn was me saying like, well, I gotta, I gotta do something. I gotta, I gotta create, you know what I mean? And, and I can't, I can't, uh, this is non-union. Right, yeah, <laughs> Featherburn exactly. is definitely non-union. <laughs> you know, so like I just started writing music and 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 bringing my um uh I don't know, outlook with with theater and influence into like uh, a a show, mm-hmm. building a show that's not that's more than just songs. Yeah, it's, it, the the union thing was bizarre to me because apparently correct me if I'm wrong, but you can only take union jobs. That's right. And so it or or they have they a non-union theater can like abide by a union contract you know oh. so like like uh, sight and sound hires non-union actors and like to my knowledge like so forgive me if you're from sight and sound and you know better than i but f- to my knowledge um they'll hire you know like samson is a union actor they'll offer him a union contract uh moses and maybe moses's oh, wife gotcha, you know gotcha. And and Jesus, you know, like the 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 lead, the roles, lead roles are from y- your union contracts, and then you know all of the other they pay, but you know they're not like paying union, you know. So like mm-hmm. Sight and Sound, thank you for paying, you know, actors. You know they're, what I mean? They're 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 very from from the people I've spoken to, they're very generous mm-hmm. with their payments. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, like they don't need uh, an accordion. Songman in <laughs> their <quite>. productions, so <laughs> it's like I, you know, I, 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 I would have an eye on productions there, but like they, they, you know, I'm not the guy that they would offer right. an equity contract to. You ever checked out Sermon Stage? Uh, no. Oh, no. they're really cool. They're uh, um, you should check them out. Sermon Stage offering ec- equity contracts. Um, for accordionists. <laughs> musicians? Double check. Okay. Okay. Yeah, check that's fair. It. See, you know, because well, Sermon Stage is a a, a large assortment of uh productions oh. and um they're really they're really cool they're, it's a really cool because their their mission is theater for everyone mm. theater access for everyone mm-hmm. so it's always a pay what you will uh-huh. uh thing whether they do uh that kind of work would be beyond me but i would just check to be sure because it's a really cool mission sure so yeah okay um and there's also also other great theaters running like prima uh kavad mm-hmm. uh there's really great theaters. You forget every single one of them. No, and, and there are a couple of equity <laughs> yeah. houses. You know, Fulton. like there's a yeah, the Fulton. Like I, they had they cast a production of Once. You know that like mm-hmm. that would be like near my wheelhouse. You know what I mean? I think um, uh, I I I I wasn't in town when they were having auditions for that. So like that sort of passed me by. But like there's a theater at. Um, Mount Gretna, Gretna Mount Theater. Gretna Theater. Yep, yeah, the and I've seen I've seen stuff that that you know, like I have an eye on those guys. And then there's uh, Open Stage Theater in Harrisburg. Have you heard of them? Uh, I probably heard, but not auditioned for any of them. You know, yeah. Right. So it's like it's like a lot of the theaters. They actually um, Gretna has often I see music, um, like yes. actor musician yeah. shows. You know, they do that stuff. So like I've got my eye on those guys, and you know, I've auditioned for them and not gotten cast too. Mm. So like you know, and that could be because I'm not good enough or it could just be like they 
you know, I just wasn't right. the guy for that. And, you know, and that's okay too. Like that's sort of the world. That's so, that is exactly know? the world. Yeah. Yeah. So what is it like to have to create a band and have to create music? Where, where does your uh, draw or your uh, inspiration come from? Some of them have been dreams, other other have been... Uh, so it sounds like a lot of life experiences that you kind of draw off of. Sure, sure. I think like for... I read this amazing book called uh, The Live Music Method. If you guys, if any of you are out there like you're looking to create a, a good like live show, I can't recommend that book. It, it, it's changed my life uh, as a, a band, you know, a ringleader or, a, you know, a performer, a stage musician you know what i mean mm-hmm. and um it's really there's a lot in there about audience psychology and um structuring a set and creating memorable like moments in your show to like mm-hmm. to bring more to it than just like playing songs you know so like that's definitely where i'm coming from as as a as a, as a ringleader you know as a band leader and a, and a writer you know like i, I write songs now uh, to go in a certain place in the set. Or if there's like, I I guess a lot of it for me as a writer is like, uh, what reason do I have to create this song? You know, do I need to fill a slot on stage for the second song in, in our set that like should be just kind of casual, kind of upbeat, maybe a three out of a five intensity, something groovy, just to show that we're like, we're up and we're like, we're fun. And then later on in the show, as like the audience gets to know us and we've surprised, you know, we've pulled out uh, the kalimba or we've told a story that's engaging, you know, um, we can bring in some of the material that's more like meaningful. There's definitely songs in our show that's just, they're nonsense. You right, know? They're yeah. just, just levity. And it's just for the sake of like, uh, building a relationship with with an audience, you know, so building rapport, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and having and just just having fun, but then like in there is also the like songs, yeah, that are like more meaningful, like yeah, yeah the meat. Um, um, so like a lot of times, like there's there's got to be for, for me to write a song anymore. It's like it's got to be there's got to be a reason to do it, like mm. for this song, you know, like uh the the one of the songs i wrote over the pandemic was called setting fires and it was very much in response to um the uh the george floyd mm. uh the riots and the unrest that was have you know that was like rampant you know through that and i wasn't able to like i could have gone out and participated in any of the you know protests but like i was i I hung back, you know, and I, I wanted to do something. I wanted to keep my family safe from pandemic. I didn't want to go out and catch the, you know, mm-hmm. uh, coronavirus. But like, so I sent word out to uh, our our community, the Featherburn community, to write me. What, what, what did that do to you? What do you think about that? You know, and I took those words that our, our people, you know, like lent us and I made that into the song setting fire. So it's like, it's always a, there's got, it's like about the reason for the song anymore. So I actually had that. Oh, one of those, I, sure. I, I wasn't trying, you know, I no, wasn't I, well, doing I, a shameless plug, but I, no, was, I, well, it was, I downloaded three of your songs and I was like, well, setting fires is, sounds like a cool one. I'll buy that one. Uh, so we actually have that one. So that's what it's about. Great. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Here it is. This was straight from the words of our community. You know, like I, I took, 
liberties in shaping it, but it's it's our audience, you know, that was engaged with it, the 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 process of the songwriting. With that said, this is Setting Fires by Featherburn. Scent, hope, shock, feel, build, change, love, heal, side, Setting fires by Featherburn. So, what is it like to you've you've been traveling around the world essentially? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Not right now. Well, like, you, I'm, but, in but the past. I have. Yes. Yeah, I've definitely. What, what were some of the biggest culture shocks that you experienced going around the world? Hmm. Well, um, culture shock is a is a you know, like, I don't know if I've experienced lots of culture shock after Thailand. my experience in Thailand. Like, that was, like, I was so young, too, you know? I mean, 
I was I was your age, right, you know. Yeah. But I don't mean that in a diminutive way. But like, well, I mean, to, it, when you go outside the U.S., it's completely different. No matter where you go. Yeah, it was different. Like a lot of it was like just the stuff that I didn't know. It was like their 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 norms are different. Their what's rude and what's acceptable yeah. is different. You know, and from it. tipping tipping in Thailand is harshly viewed, right? That I don't know. I prob I probably if, tipped. Because well, I know in certain Asian countries that mm -hmm. if you tip their food, it or if you tip the wait, waiter oh. waitresses, it, it's it's almost like oh they they look like they need the money like they huh. it's a, it's like a look down oh you think I'm poor huh. it, it it look it like look down on it that way uh -huh. versus America tipping is you know yeah the it's thing expected you do. yeah yes. yeah yeah I you know what I didn't I didn't learn that lesson like I think okay. we um I think we tipped you know I don't know if it was like we tipped quite as much as you know like what's sort of i don't know i don't know i don't feel obligated to tip but i feel like uh i should tip a certain amount you know oh, what the, i mean yeah, growing up in america yeah tip, tipping is the expectation yeah, so yeah. when going to a different country people i'm sure i'm sure they've they've uh dealt with that issue many times so they were just okay with it yeah on some, on some level i think there was a lot more humility mm. in in thailand uh, you know, like when I was there and it's been since 2000, right? So, I, you know, right. culture's changed too. But like, I think uh, m m my, um, like my personality would be like more outgoing or more um, louder. Mm. You know what I mean? And that mm -hmm. was necessarily like, I didn't think that was doing me any favors to like be wow. loud. It's like just to consider other people and like, People might not want to hear right. your your volume. You know what I mean, and 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 I don't think I was obnoxious by our standards, but I of think course. like yeah. over there, I was. You know, uh, yeah, there was a certain um, like demeanor that was more acceptable that I think like I didn't know about. You know, uh, so so like I had to learn that the hard way and rub people the wrong way, and you know, just yeah. like not. Yeah, I was I was still surrounded by. A bunch of ex expats or like teachers that were like me that had just gotten out of college you know what i mean so mm -hmm. it's like i had a community of of Similar, westerners yeah. you know what i mean that i was teaching with but you know like so it's like i didn't have to worry that much because the people that i was like seeing every day mm -hmm. you know but um what about in japan uh we spent a month in japan and um gosh what did I learn there about Japanese culture? I mean, Tokyo was the was, was the town say, that we you, were in. If you were in Tokyo, the, the, seeing Tokyo from like uh, air, like like a bird's eye view, it's insane. Yeah. It's so much bigger than like because I I think like big cities in the U.S., New York City, Los Angeles, uh -huh. Uh -huh. Tokyo, it's giant. It was and, like one of those anime movies where you yeah, like see like it was that was the it, real it, thing. Yeah, that's it, it's it's like Coruscant. There's like I think right, there's like multiple levels of it. I think yeah. 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 And uh, that's just wild to me. Mm -hmm. oh, that was like when I, when I first went to Chicago when you got the multi-level city. Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. like there's like an underground, there's like yeah, a middle ground yeah. and there's the above ground. It's uh -huh. like I <laughs> I don't like driving to Chicago. <laughs> I, I I was so mad. GPS has no clue where you're, where you're uh, at, oh, right? Yeah. And then I, I was at a stoplight, and all the lights were green, and I didn't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> People are honking at me. I'm like, oh. what do you want me to do? But uh, Tokyo, 
Um, and there's like mountains around it, right? Yeah, As yeah. Well. So it's, Fuji's it's, not not far. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so it's so it's so compact, mm-hmm. but so big, but so well. sprawling. But yeah. like so many people, like such yeah, like very little space for how much space it takes. Yeah. You know, like just for the sheer number of people that are. Uh, but l- like I think I, I could be projecting. It could be my um me rationalizing it in my mind of like why behavior is a certain way, but it was very much a culture of like uh, consideration. They were trying to like, they rein in like they, I'm so, I feel, I don't want to sound stupid by like, you know, generalizing a, right. a people, you know what I mean? But I got the impression that it was um, the many over the, over the one, you know, the, the, the emphasis on like taking uh, care. Utilitarianism. Not to, Sure. Yeah, and 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 like like, I'm gonna take up as little space as I can on the subway. Mm-hmm. In fact, like here, if there was a subway train that was empty, you know, you'd take your space. And I I gathered, and this is just one of the things that I read is that like if you don't sit close to the person, the stranger next, you know, near you, it's like you're taking up too much space. You're 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 looking to save space and in consideration oh. of other people. You know what I mean? That's wild. Yeah, so it was very much like we're trying to function as this megalopolis. Yes. You know what I mean? And we need to like prioritize like courtesy. Well, I know one thing about Japanese culture, uh, at least in the past, was that uh, if you're working, people don't like in America, once you're done your job, you're gone. You see, uh-huh. a, good luck. Uh-huh. I don't care if you're still yeah, working. Yeah. But in in Japanese culture, what I've heard is that a once one person stops working, they'll help the, all the others until everyone's mm. done and then leave as a group together. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, and go out and have something to eat yeah, and something right. to drink together. Yeah. Yeah. It's much more uh, cor- corporate as in uh, group mm-hmm. think than mm-hmm. uh, individualistic. Yeah. yeah, that's the word that I was looking at. The, the many over the one, The it's not an individualistic. Mm-hmm. And I think it's changing as like the globe global culture becomes global culture. You know what right. I mean? And like the Western influence like... You know, I know Tokyo is described as Eastern, but it's definitely got a Western oh, it's like def- it's it's become a Western nation mm-hmm, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, that in South Korea, I believe. Yeah, I've never been to South Korea. I I, I want to go to South Korea. It sounds it's it seems like a really cool place and really good. I want to test out the food. Yeah, that's what I want to. Yeah, do. yeah. That's what I want to do. There was great, great, great food. Oh, I'm like, sure. In 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 Tokyo, like it's an art form. You know, like yeah, it's an yeah. art form here, it's, but like it, right. I think traditionally. Because it's got it, Japanese uh, Japanese food has got like uh, a thousand plus years on us at yeah. least of, of yeah. like food culture, uh-huh. and so they've really like dedicated their craft of, mm-hmm. of making uh, stuff like sushi, stuff like uh, the puffer fish, mm-hmm. uh, stuff yeah. where, where you have to have like a license to cut it correctly, uh-huh. or else you literally will kill somebody. You kill somebody because you know it's poisonous. I didn't have puffer fish. You didn't have it. That's, <laughs> You, was it a scare thing or I don't know I I never I wasn't seeking it I wasn't mm. like out to be like yeah I'm gonna order puffer fish I so I would just like to try you it would just to see, you would go for it just to see what it yeah. is you know because uh, if it's such a delicacy I, I gotta know why or at least mm-hmm. what it tastes like uh one thing I want to uh, try is tarantula oh um wow because apparently uh, at least down south that's like a thing uh-huh. uh or or. They'll they have like the giant tarantulas and uh-huh. they got a lot of meat on it uh-huh. and I've seen some people use 
I would never do this, but they used the fangs, like pick their teeth out. Wow. And like, dude, that's some hardcore cowboy. Uh-huh. Right, there. right, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh huh. It's it, like, tss, yeah, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's stuff I want to try. I've had gator before. Have you uh-huh. ever had gator? Yeah. Gator's awesome. Yeah. It's, People will always describe it like chicken, and that's because it's exactly what it tastes like. Yeah, it's a little chewier than it's, chicken. Yeah, it's a little more tender, but it, <laughs> it, but the taste is exactly the same. Uh huh. Yeah, it was good. I, yeah, yeah. So, um, what is one thing that you know now that you wish you had known when you first started your craft? Oh well, you know, I on the way in here, I was thinking like, uh, just like study harder when mm-hmm. when you're young. You know, like if. I mean, I think it would have been helpful for me also to have started playing music younger, you know, because, like, I was 19 or 20 before I, like, picked yeah. up an instrument, you know? So, like, I f- still feel like I'm behind, you know, in a lot of ways. Um, so, like, you know, learning how to read, le- read music, 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 you know, yeah. like, is, is, is something that I wish I would have put more time and more effort in into, you know? Like, always. Like, that would be my big, mm-hmm. you know do-over and the the time to do it is when you're young it's so much harder to learn something new as an adult <laughs> uh, and that's just scientifically proven uh-huh. um studies have shown that especially like language learning when they do it in high school you i took three years of spanish mm. i don't know i that's not true i can speak a little bit of spanish but the amount of spanish that i should have retained in three mm-hmm. years should have been way much more than i have now uh, but they found that if you teach it as an early age, because you know people, you know people are learning their native language, mm-hmm. or at least the language that their parents speak, just by looking and and whatever. And that's how it's been done for literally the entire uh, human existence. So if you learn it at a young enough age, though, it, it it helps you retain that way easier, way way longer, even if you haven't used it in years. Yeah, yeah, I definitely forgot most of the tie that i learned you know it was just a year of my life too so right. like, but it was but still that's a whole entire year mm-hmm. the three the three years that i took were you know semesters um yeah granted high school semesters so i guess that's a little bit more of a year um maybe like a year and a half either way i wasn't i i wasn't in you know you, you being actually in thailand having being yeah immersed immersed yeah. In, yeah. deeply immersed mm-hmm. into the culture and not having retained that that's just shows how much, how adults' brains are already hardwired yeah. in a certain way. Yeah, I think I would pick it up faster oh, yeah, you if definitely I went would, back for you know? sure. Yeah. So, what is a mistake? So that's kind of the same question. Um, mm. What are mistakes that you that you have encountered with your band and like stuff like that, like gigging or or otherwise yeah. that maybe that you would like to speak to so that way others. That come following your footsteps might not uh, make. Yeah, you know what I think. Um, I think that uh, maybe in some way I like conceptualized that it was a small world, mm. and um, and you were bound to run into this person or that person again. You know, like conceptually, I yeah, I would agree with that, sure, but like. It's it really really happens, you know, and it's like uh, there's good reason. Like there's there are plenty of reasons to just do your best all of the time to be like gracious and generous and and like 
like graceful with your gracious with yourself like forgive yourself of course for like you know the stuff that you wish you wouldn't have done done but also like just to always be presenting like goodness you know like i everybody has bad days and all of that stuff but like when i'm out you know if i run into somebody i'm going to meet that person again and if i'm in a musical situation you know where i'm like performing you know it helps me it helps everyone if i'm kind and and good and generous to mm-hmm. like everybody around the musicians that i'm working with the the people that are you know working the bar the the audience the um the the people that are like on crew that are like helping with sound and mm-hmm. stuff like that mm-hmm. it's like all of that stuff it's like you, you, every you run into everybody again you know, not just in Lancaster, but like in theater works. You know, like or are you or they've heard of somebody you yeah. worked with before, uh-huh. or they're friends with them, and you can get a call based on somebody's like, yeah, that guy was a cool. Hang, yeah, you know, like be a good hang. I think is is one of the messages. I think is like you know, even if you're you're having trouble, you know, like you don't want to burden anybody out there with like. Oh wow, this isn't right and that isn't right. You want to be as cool as you yes. possibly can with what you're given in that moment. The the bar is super super noisy and you can't hear your yourself, yourself? think. Yeah. Like you can't you can't slip from like like being good to other people for that reason. You know what I mean? Because yes. everybody loses in that situation. Like they lose because they get picked up your you know, your jerkness, my jerkness. You right. know what I mean? If I was like feeling in, it entitled sets to them more, off a little bit. yeah, and it, it's like, it yeah, it, like it turns their their evening worse, you know. Right. But also, like it's like those people know who you are, you know. Mm-hmm. They're gonna see you again, you know. So, like, I think just to work as hard as you can, not to like kiss people's butts, you know. They want authenticity, mm-hmm. but like also just to like be a good, cool person be to be around, yeah. Cordial. It's, it's even even when the heat is on, you know, yeah, like yeah. When, it's it. You are gonna get so much more respect if you can keep your cool, it and uh, keep keep the flow going, right? If you lose it, it granted you can work your way out of that situation mm-hmm. and and you can rebuild bridges, but the respect that that and the uh following that you're going to get if and following by what i mean is is by uh relationship wise or uh fan base wise even on some some level but if you can if there's a hectic situation going around everything is working wrong for you or uh you're just being annoyed by the smallest little of things if you can keep your cool and get through the situation with with being nice and and uh, you you know you're feeling what you're feeling, but you can put, shove that aside and shove that out of the way because you are there for to give somebody else an experience. Mm-hmm. That's the gold. Yeah, and that's I agree. Yeah, yeah. It's it's ultimately we're trying to give a gift. Yes. Like and and that's like that's like stage, you know, like stage one is I want to get on stage. Mm-hmm. You know, stage two is I wanna I wanna make people's lives better. You know, that's like I think. That's where we should be working mm-hmm. from, you know, the place that we're working that's, from. That's where the desire should be, is to make other people have a good time. Yeah.
not make it enforced, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're having a good time. You're gonna love the set. Are you having any fun yet? <laughs> <laughs> so you've done many tours as, as well. Uh, not many tours. I've gone on a couple of tours. The the there was a Warhorse tours. tours, right? And then this other production that I was in. Uh, it was a, called a co-pro, a co-production, mm. which means like there's one cast, one set, one set of props and costumes, but it like three theaters make like hire um like three theaters commission that piece to be performed there. So like uh the last you know, theater piece, right? You know, before the pandemic I was in was a show called Indecent and we performed at Arena Stage in DC. I got the gig through an audition in DC and then um it traveled to Kansas City after a week's performance and performed for, you know, a week there. Or no, not a week, uh, a month there. We mm. rehearsed for a week and, you know, performed for four weeks. And then came to Baltimore and performed there, you know. That's got to be very taxing. Uh, you know, I, I, I think I, I loved it. And one of the things, like, you, you get to have, if you're lucky enough to be in a show that, like is that resonates with you is like when I was bowing, you know, uh, when we were taking our curtain call, there was just no doubt in my mind that I was like making the world a better place through the hours that I was, that I was put in. It was like, there's no doubt in my mind. I don't have to go home and wonder like, did I do something significant today? And that is a, a lug that is the sweetest spot for if you can like, get a gig where you can perform seven times a week. You know what I mean? And, and have that feeling where, you know, the show is like, you wouldn't, you couldn't have said it any better yourself, you know, and, and you're working with a cast of actors or actor musicians who also are on board with that same thing. It's like, it's, it's a, the greatest gift as far as like my theatrical career has been, you know, like, right. That's awesome. And then when and then when the show's over, it's just like crickets. You know, it's just it's so oh, it's God. gone. No, no, it's not thank God. I I I. It's like all of that wonder that you're experiencing, and then you're like, oh yeah, what what do I do now? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, I know some people who are like after it's like oh thank God. Yeah, maybe. Sure, I I. I can understand. So like, you know, when, when we were in Warhorse, we performed that show over 400 times. Yeah. That's, so it, it was a, it was a, it was very purgatorial. I know that's a grim word, right? Like, like you felt like you were in between. That's another good word. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was like words. purgatory. It was like, we were all like, okay, okay. <sighs> you know, like try, <laughs> trying to find ways to cope with the fact that we re repeat the same thing over and over and over, and over, and again, over yeah. again. And it's like, okay, yes, there was that. And sometimes you don't feel like it, you know, but it's like. What next? Because that's been yeah. your entire life. For yeah, yeah, I think so. I think yeah, so. That, that's, that's something I've always heard of, like, when actors are done, like, oh, thank God. But what now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, wrapping up, last question: what What is one of the funniest or worst things that ever happened to you on stage? Oh, can Can I tell two quick ones? You can tell right? when, two quick ones. Okay, when I was in college, I was in I was playing El Gallo in the Fantastics, 
I don't know if you know the show. It's oh. just like he's a he's an ex swashbuckler, right? And I'm supposed to, you know, like I'm giving like sort of watching over this young uh, uh, couple, you know, as they their their love blossoms. And I'm, you know, like anyway, one of the moments there was there was there were two big monologues, like sort of in the center of this show that I would, and in one of them, <laughs> the the cue for the monologue, the, the the something in the monologue would cue another one of the actors to come out of a uh, uh, a chest, like a treasure chest that he'd been waiting since the beginning of the show oh, really? to come out of. And I recited the wrong monologue. His cue never came. He went all the way till intermission in this chest. And we had to figure out like how to introduce this character oh, no. because I recited the wrong monologue. I will like, he, he was nice. He forgave me. But like we had four shows and one of them he did not perform in the first act because he was stuck in a chest because his his cue never came. So that's like an hour and a half. half yeah, like he's in, stuck a chest. in a chest. Oh no! Right? I don't know. I don't. I don't even know what to say about it other than like, wow! So I can't say, believe that how happened. How do you say sorry? You're right. Right. So right. I've been stuck in this chest. Right. You waited. I had, dude. Oh, thank God he didn't get it like a cramp. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We were young, you know. Right. So the second one was when I was in Warhorse, like my, my job as a musical narrator is like the head storyteller, right? Like I'm the one that's outside the world of the play. Everybody else is like inside it. And my part is like standing outside sort of watching. So in the very, very beginning of the show, I walk out like the curtain comes up and it's totally black. I walk out um, with this like sto like sketchbook. It's like a sketchbook. There's this theme of this sketchbook being used all through the play, right? So I walk out to center stage and I make eye contact with the audience to like welcome them and I pull out this sketchbook and open it and then the play starts like you know like the lights dim and mm. the scene starts you know it's because I opened this book to tell the story of our, our ancestors who were like you know what happened did you drop no I forgot oh. the book oh no I forgot it so I walk out I make eye contact with this audience and I like feel my stomach drops. And this is like a big production. You know, like, like you're not supposed to make mistakes like that. Right. Like, you know, like, it, and, 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 and I sit there for a minute. I stand there for a minute and just like smile, wondering what the hell. And I'm sure the guys backstage, like who were running the lights and the sound, they were like, Panicking. well, they probably didn't notice oh, until. Oh, fair, yeah. Because like, we had done it 300 times, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so like, then I hear, backstage and then one of my ensemble mates brings the book out to me and played it off like he meant like this is the way it was supposed to go right you know like so for all of i don't know there's been a lot of grace that i've received <laughs> on the receiving end you know like oh. that's that's hilarious though a thousand like, like dude, the amount of terror you must have felt yeah if not a thousand people in the audience like hundreds of people right. that are just waiting for this show they're like What's going something's on? supposed to happen now you're the guy you look around right what's he doing what's backstage so if you did something like that you're not alone but like you know, so funny. yeah, I'm, I'm ashamed, but not like, you know, like, okay, I can, 
make right. fun of it, myself. Oh, of course. It's, if you can't make fun of yourself, you're going to have a sad life. Yeah. yeah. You have to make fun of yourself. There's There are so many times where I've done the stupidest thing, but I laugh the heck out of it now because it, it, mm. it's in the moment, you know, you're feeling you're you know, your stomach has gone through the floor. Mm-hmm. You don't know where you're at. You're you're looking around, you start shaking, you're sweating, and it's like, Yeah, I have messed up. Yeah. But when you look back on it, you're like, that was the funniest thing that has ever happened to me. <laughs> and it's because you can laugh at it, because you're like, Well, I'm yeah, I was stupid. Nothing I can do about it now. Nothing right? I can do but... about it now. And it's like, well, duh, I'm you know, stuff happens like that all the time. You just got to be able to accept that, move on, and be like, oh, yeah, remember that time you forgot the book? Ha, ha, ha. Because mm-hmm. everyone else is going to do that as well. Yeah. So you got to be able to make fun of yourself. Like yeah. That. And and I guess trust that, like, eventually my castmates who have, like, you know, dedicated their lives yeah. to this will, like, like employ grace and be like, yeah, it could have happened to me. It probably wouldn't it probably, have, well, but, <laughs> but it could have. And, and that's not to say that because – Granted, when people are in the moment as well, they feel that also terror. There was the one moment in uh, we were produ- we were running a show in Ruth, uh, Sight and Sounds Ruth. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did it here at LBC. Mm-hmm. The first time that it's ever been done outside of uh, Sight and Sound mm-hmm. or anything has ever been uh-huh. done outside of Sight and Sound. But uh, we had a remote control boat, right? But it got caught on the, on the rope for the curtain. And had I not realized that in that moment, the whole entire apparatus would have fallen down. Oh, wow. So I was stuck. I was there. Holding on for dear life, you know, I'm I'm fighting this remote controlled boat, <laughs> right? I'm just uh-huh. pulling on for dear, and I had a sprained ankle at the time, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm trying not to injure myself, but I'm all, but I don't care about myself at this point. Yeah. I care about the whole entire, you know, show being like, zoom. Oh, look, there's backstage. Right. <laughs> Everybody else waiting right. around. But that was you at a high moment. You were coming in and saving the day. Yeah, but well, I was still scared to death because it was mm. like, I'm just losing this fight against this motorized <laughs> boat. Because it, it's, it's motorized. Uh-huh. I only have the this is This has got more horsepower than I can oh. ever run in my life. Uh-huh. But uh, thankfully, uh, whoever, Brianna Wilhelm, who was playing the narrator at the time, kind of kind of like uh, kind of like you at, yeah, in that yeah. role, uh, she just calm as ever. Uh, I made no fan. There was no fanfare. All of all of a sudden, I hear her start singing, and all of a sudden, slack, and I fall back. Oh yeah. <laughs> she... <laughs> well, no. What she did, she she was no. And the, the guy driving the boat didn't realize either. So oh, that's uh-huh. why I kept had to fighting it because he was like, <laughs> <laughs> "What's wrong with this What's thing? What's wrong with this oh, thing? Turbo boost. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> but, like." <laughs> and it was calm as ever to shoot and it uh-huh. all slack and i was like oh my gosh and but uh so everyone else out there was like panicking as well everyone behind stage yeah. like what's going on what's ha- i'm being phoned in what's going on what's happening why isn't the boat moving and they, they oh they see the rope why is the rope attached to the and but now we all laugh at it yeah, because it was, yeah. it was fun. and you you saved the day and i saved the day with a broken foot <laughs> remember that remember when Corey saved the day it's uh, it's fine but it was terrifying in the moment oh my gosh yeah uh even even when i've made mistakes terrifying in the moment but i can laugh at, at it and it's it's part of the human experience making mistakes yeah mm-hmm. and and i guess like getting over yourself when over when yourself, it you right? know like you still need to have a presence in that performance you can't let it like ruin no, that, the rest of it, you you know, you have to keep moving on. Yeah, and that yeah. was that was the thing with, with uh, the actor that 
kept trying to move. He was like, I'm so sorry yeah. if I had known. Yeah. But but now it, he just had to keep moving. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. something, it's that's a, that's a thing from a lot of sight and sound people, because like, they have animals on stage. Yeah. And there's poop on stage. Uh-huh. So you like, just got to so keep moving. Sometimes they step in it. It's like, I just stepped in. And I wow. got to keep going. <laughs> I got to keep saying. Wow. Like you felt it. You like almost slid. Me. Yeah. They're like, I got to keep going. Is it in your contract? Uh, I don't. Well, <laughs> do I have insurance for this? I don't know. Well, I mean, well, this is something that happens. It's usually yeah. uh, 30 sheeps like with David. Uh-huh. Uh, sometimes they fall over. It's yeah. Like, it's kind of funny, but you can't break character. Or, <laughs> like a sheep will just fall over? Yeah, sometimes they just faint. <laughs> Right? How are you going to keep yourself together? It's, yeah. You're singing to the sheep. But what the sheep? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, so you just got to keep going. And and you laugh about it, right? Uh-huh. Like, uh, one time there, uh, we were watching the show uh, Queen Esther, and there's a dog in it. And this this lovely, pure little dog, uh, it, it had to run down the stairs, jump off the set, and like go away. Mm-hmm. And it mistimed its jump. So we went, poop. Oh. <laughs> and it was like, scribble. Uh-huh. And then, and then when it got up, it 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 ran right back into the set. So boom. Oh. It was, it, poor puppy. But oh my gosh, being in that moment, like the actress, the actresses and actors on the stage, yeah, couldn't had to break. keep it together. Huh? Had to keep it together. Yeah, and keep it going. Bite your lip, bite your cheek, bite whatever your you cheek. gotta do to like, just keep going. And they, it, it, these, you know. It's all part of the show, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Messing up, getting over yourself, keeping going, yeah. and focusing on the audience. Mm-hmm, yeah. Focusing on the show. And you know what? At the end of the day, the night's over. The night's over. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's okay. Do you have anything else to say? Thank you. Thanks for having thanks me for, here. Thanks like, for coming on. I, I love what you're doing. Corey, like it, it, your your podcast is great. It's it's generous and it's um, there's so much good information in it. So it's like Thank congratulations, you. way to go. Thank you for adding to it. <laughs> With all that said, you can find uh, John Mil- That's M- not Milosic. Milosic. Yeah, yeah. I, um, we've been there and back. We've been again, there and so back it, again. Yeah. yeah. So it's same thing with making mistakes. You got to keep going, right? <laughs> Uh, especially with word pronunciations, oh my goodness! You've got you've given me some great words. To, you got gumption. You had mm-hmm. uh, you had that really may, may the M word that you used a while back ago. Matriculation. Matriculation. Yeah, there was purgatorial. It was purgatorial. Right? Oh yeah. my goodness! Yeah, if you get nothing from this episode, uh, matriculation. <laughs> you guys knew what that meant. I had no idea, dude. Some <laughs> people come in here with five star words I haven't heard. I haven't never heard of before. It's something. <laughs> There was one person that came in here and uh, had used the word dolt. And I was like, Oh, yeah. And I was like, Nice. What? That's a good word. <laughs> it, mean, it means like uh, a stupid or uh-huh, a uh-huh. ignorant person or whatever. And I'm like, What? And, like, and I was like, What? Well, I've never in my life ever <laughs> heard that word before. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to add that to my lexicon. Yeah. Or defenestrate. Defenestrate is a great defenestrate. word. Defenestrate. Defenestrate. It means to throw someone out the window. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> what, what, what would you know that word? Uh-huh. It's like, I defenestrated myself. And someone goes like, well, you did what to yourself? It's fun. Yeah, but thank you so much for coming on. Check him out at uh, his website, uh, com. That's M-I-L-O. 
S I C H and John J O H N. I almost said L N for mm-hmm. whatever reason. J O L N. J O H N. J O H N. You can find him stuff. Him stuff. His stuff on Featherburn.com as well. And if you are a drummer that wants to be a part of the band that's, that's right. fully committed, we need you. Doesn't matter if you're young or old. You can come in and join and uh, t- text him. Find out where uh, where where you guys can connect. 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 I'm, I'm. I'm. It's. It's late. I'm tired. I'm tired. It's late. It's we, tired. I'm late. Everything. Right. With all that said, come join us tomorrow. Tomorrow I am. I'm having a guest on at ten thirty o'clock, and that will be no. Sorry, it's one thirty o'clock. That'll be having him. Uh, one thirty. His guy. His his name is Kyle, and he runs a really cool website that brings. You know, Booking for a musician, god awful. It's a horrible experience. You have to start emailing people. It's it's a lot of it's unless you have an agent. It's a lot of it is on you to do it, right? Even if you have an agent, a lot of it is on you. Exactly. No agent wants somebody that's not going to hustle too. Right, exactly. This guy has made a website where you can make your own profile. He's got Telus 360 uh fetish on the, all these different venues on there. And you can make this website so that way these venues can find you mm. and book you, or you can reach out to these venues and they can book you as well. And it's gonna it makes it makes it so much easier for people to find for venues to find you, find your music, and book you on on a show. So I'm gonna have him on tomorrow. He he just recently started this website. So if if you're an aspiring aspiring musician, check out Stage Rush. That's what it's called. And we'll be here tomorrow to talk more about it. Uh, if you have liked this episode, please be sure to share, like, subscribe, follow, all that jazz. If you really, really, really want to support us, please check out our merchandise. We have stickers and we have hoodies with the logo on the front and the 50 first guests on the back. With all that said, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your afternoon and we will see you tomorrow. Goodbye.